And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 153, aka season 2, episode 21. Uh, as always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And special guest joining us this week is Bronson Kahui. Woo! All right. Um, now we we are doing the show with the phone with the phone lines live. Uh, so if you want to give us a call, those numbers are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so, so welcome, Bronson. Uh, anything, any place in particular you guys want to start off this week? So I, I came up with something in my head this morning. It, it rarely happens, but uh, what I wanted to talk about is what we're doing uh with this with this podcast and um there's a whole bunch of things running through my head right now talking shit about the state uh, yeah we kind of do that a lot um so i wanted to know a few questions uh first of all who who is your favorite uh uh personality or you know anarchist hero that is that is really famous and really doing a whole lot uh for the freedom movement or whatever and the other thing is what do you think would be the best way to uh to to move anarchy forward to to get more people uh hearing the message and and taking part of uh getting rid of the state and 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 bringing freedom into their into their lives um so I wanted to throw out there. I think my my favorite is probably Jeffrey Tucker at the moment. I think he's pretty effective at, at getting the message out. Uh, so I want to know what your thoughts were, and is is becoming famous the 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 best way for us to to spread the ideas of anarchy, or uh, should we do something else? And um, yeah, so what are your thoughts? You want to take that first, Bronson? I, you're, I know you're yeah. active in the communities. Yeah. Um, so I, lo- I love Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Tucker, but I think there's too many famous anarchists for me to name. I mean, I like Ken Schoolahan, Larkin Rose. Uh, you know, I like David Friedman. So there's a lot. Well, I don't know that these people are actually famous, but um, in my view, they, they've had a pretty profound impact on my life and beliefs so that's uh what was the other question <laughs> uh what do you think we should do uh, us us personally to uh maximize our our effectiveness at, at reaching out to more people and and uh you know ter- turning the tides of of statism i think that's a difficult question because it's almost like uh saying you know, how can we grow our business or you know how it, basically any movement is going to ask how we can expand. And so I don't think there is a, you know, any one answer, but so, you know, I guess so one, one thing I found is creating controversy tends to, uh, tends to, you know, have at least more people interested in it, even negative publicity. The problem is you end up having a lot of people hating you and then being turned off to the ideology in general. Right. Uh, so, Rich, what what do you think? Uh, do you do you want to be famous? Is this? Oh, of course, of course. Who doesn't? Um, do you want to start your own cult? Wait, you already did. I already okay. did. <laughs> so, okay, I, let let's take a step back to the original. So, your question was like, which famous anarchist like influences me or influence me now? And I will say, 
Um, I, I, the, the only way I say this is I don't have heroes, but if I did have a hero, my hero would be Murray Rothbard. Like I, I consider, um, myself, uh, uh, an, an anarchist in the Rothbardian tradition. And I don't want to hear shit, uh, about how even Rothbard said he wasn't an anarchist, uh, and didn't want to mix terms or anything like that. Um, because I stick, I stick with the fundamentals, the basics, right? What is anarchy? Anarchy means no rulers. Um, that's it. Everything else is, uh, anarchism plus or anarchism hyphen something or other. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, if you're talking about like living anarchists, I've, I've had many, um, influential people that I have followed at one point or another, um, throughout my journey into this realm. Um, but if you're talking about like, who do I, who do I read? Um, what do I do on a regular basis? Uh, I think, you know, I think the, my usual show prep, um, bears that out. So I, I usually end up with, uh, with articles from the free thought project, um, and, and reason magazine, which is weird. Cause I, I don't even consider reason to be, you know, that great of a, of a, of an anarchist source. Um, they've kind of, they, over the years, they've kind of skewed, but they still put out good articles. Um, so it's not even, and if you get them with like the well, particular writer uh, from the Free Thought Project, Matt Agarist, right? Like I, the the way he writes his articles, um, covering you know the topics that we usually end up you know reading off of his work on the show. Um, again, oh yeah, there you go, see right there. Uh, the, this week's you know Free Thought Project article is is by him. Um, the only other the only other podcast that I listen to. Uh, in the in that would be in along the anarchist tradition is sovereign tech, um, and a lot of that is just the time limitations, right? Like I don't I don't have a lot of time uh, to consume all this content. Um, you know I know you know uh, if if I was sitting at like a desk at work where I could like have the radio on, um, you know I I would listen to a lot more. Uh, in the past I've listened to uh, uh, the Ernest Hancock show that was always fun. Um, freedom fiends is always entertaining, even though it doesn't always, you know, doesn't always follow like the, li the Liberty path. Um, I came in through free talk live, uh, with like the original two co-hosts and kind of fell out of favor, uh, with, with that show when they started bringing in like just, you know, random yahoos from all over the place with, you know, weird opinions about random things and like kind of <laughs> lost lot. They, they kind of lost again. They lost that, um, that libertarian ish angle or that anarchist angle. Um, so yeah, um, as far as what we're doing, uh, I guess, you know, I've all, I've always made the claim that the reason I do this show is it's, it's, it's my hour a week to vent. Um, and be, because there's, you know, I still work and I still engage with people outside of work and, I grew tired of having the same discussions with different people over and over and over again. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to answer the who will build the roads questions, you know, five times a week with five different people. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. So we, oh we started God. the show, we turned on the microphone, we said, who will build the roads? And then we answered it. And that was that. Right. And so, so now when I start to get into a discussion with somebody, I bottle it up. Right. I, I may have like a brief interaction on Facebook with, you know, some some yahoos. Right. But I always I always tie it back into the show. Like, I don't want to talk to you here. I have an outlet for this. Call me up. 
call me up Saturday mornings, you know, or, or Saturday mornings where we're at, but wherever you happen to be on a Saturday, call me up. Let's discuss this on the air so I can make a fool out of you on the air. Um, and then if you don't call me up, then I call you out on the air for being a pussy and not calling me up, right? Like it's, it's, it's a win-win for me. And I don't, and I, I don't have to have those discussions, right? I go, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Call the show or don't call the show, man. I'm not going to talk to you about it here. Like that, that's my outlet. That's my venting time. Um, so I don't, I don't need, I don't need the, sh- I'm not the, the show for me is not a tool to get famous. If it works out that way, fucking fantastic. Um, but it's not, it's, it's not why I started doing the show. It's not, it's not what I hope the show to be. Now, when you talk about like growing the show or, or this and that, I mean, sure. It's, it's nice to have goals, right? Like, you you know, it's, I mean, I would do the show anyway, but it'd be fun. It'd be nice to like grow the audience and be one of the, the better, the, you know, top tier shows out there. I mean, if, if a guy with a red background and a floating head can have millions of followers, uh, why can't I? Um, and for the, to answer your question on fame, um, I, there, there's a quote and I don't know who said it. Um, but they said, uh, write something worth reading or do something worth writing about. Um, and I don't like to write. So, you know, if I, if I'm going to get famous, I, you better be damn sure that I want, you know, I want my name at the top of the page somewhere where, you know, someone else is reading about me, uh, for, you know, millennium to come right or millennia to come so you know like, did i start a cult hell yeah i started a cult you know and there, there's a whole story behind that too which we won't get into because it's not necessarily uh anarchist related although it stems from the same general mindset uh the same general thought processes that i have on on a lot of issues um but it, that uh, that too wasn't you know really to to get famous right that was more to get rich um and failed because most like I come, I have a lot of ideas, right? And the, and you know, the, the first thing I do with an idea nowadays, because Facebook is so ubiquitous, um, is I just create a page on Facebook. I go, here's my idea. Here's a new page. If this ever takes off, I've already got like, you know, built in, um, you know, built, built in, uh, I guess outlets for it going back years by the time it actually means something of importance to anybody. But I go, look, no, I've been doing this for decades now by the time i get around to actually doing it um you know a few years ago i i you know um as an april fool's joke i think it was around like the election time i was like all right let's just start a new you know let's start a new political party boom done you know political party created right like did we jump the official channels hell no because we're anarchists um but i i i did it and you know if we want to if you want if anybody else you know in like wants to do like insider inside politics activism you know but you don't want to join the libertarian party because who the hell are those people and you're not a republican or a democrat well i've already got the the branding for you right it's already there it already exists um there was one time i felt i recreated a brand twice because i had the idea i set it up and i went you know what would be a really good idea and then i went to look for it and i was like oh shit i did this years ago um <laughs> and that was you know for for um you know if you look at the anarchist experience the logo that we've been using um, is a logo that I created for something entirely different, right? It, it's it was uh, my it's my no state eight hundred eight logo, right? You know, if we do the show from Hawaii. You know, people love area codes for phone numbers. I don't know why that's a thing, but so be it. Uh, rolls off the tongue nice and easy. 
Um, but I created it uh, as a brand and as a group, uh, hopefully for you know uh, anarchists and agorists and and the the like here locally to just come under one banner, right? If you want the state out of Hawaii, um, join No State 808 and get that branding out there. So when we're out on the street, you see a No State 808 T-shirt, you go, fucking know that guy. I know he's good people, right? Uh, and then it went nowhere. And then I went, you know, it'd be a good idea. And then I did it again. I went, holy shit, I already did it. And it's still going nowhere because, you know, the, the you know, half of the anarchists in Hawaii are on this phone call right now. And <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't printed up T-shirts yet. Um did, did I answer your question sufficiently, MC, or was there any follow-ups to that? I think I hit all the points you asked. Yeah, that's great. And and I wanted to throw out something. I said I would uh, before we started. And, and so my idea is uh, the same idea everybody else has the on, on, on the Internet. It needs, it needs to go viral. And so my idea, and, and I do this a lot, I didn't put a lot of thought on, on, into it before I, before I uh, start talking about it, but there needs to be an anarchist internet challenge that needs to go viral. Um, so, you know, we could brainstorm, we could come up with a few things and then maybe we could, you know, push it out on YouTube of uh, trying to get people to actually do it. Um, but what do you think would be like a good anarchist internet challenge to, uh, you know, just take over YouTube and, uh, you know, because Tide Pods were, kind of interesting kind of funny uh you know the cinnamon challenge and stuff like that i mean it it uh it doesn't have any value you know it's, it's retarded okay. and <laughs> it's for retarded people but if if there was something that was you know fun and interesting you know like maybe the ice bucket challenge except for anarchy uh how would you tie that in um i think maybe this this is this might be our way into our, our five minutes of fame, you know, for the anarchist experience. Okay. Well, I threw this out there months ago at this point, and then I just never got around to doing it because, again, I got, I got better things to do. Um, I still have an American flag sitting in my back seat waiting to be set on fire, right? <clears throat> the That's anarchist experience flag, but you want controversy. Like, people get <laughs> pissed at that. Wow. And you know what? That's crazy you say that because I've had the same plan for, like, over two years and I've just never gone through with it where I was considering doing that at like a university or something and just burning a series of flags just to like film the reactions of people and see how how they respond and say hey you know go interview them say how do you feel about that like what are your thoughts so if, if you heard the if I don't know if you listened to the episode where I, I threw that out the first time bronze and the, the reason I've never done that before um, is because I'm not going to go spend money on a flag Right. I'm not I'm not going to buy a flag just to set on. I got better things to spend my money on. Right. But it, it, it happened to come across that one of the jobs that I work at is, you know, we, we throw out trash um, and that was in the trash pile. And I went, well, sure, if it's in the trash pile, I'll take it. Um, so now I have, you know, a flag that I care nothing about that I can set on fire because I don't mind paying for the lighter fluid. Um, and and, to, you know, to make it even worse. Right. It was two unrelated incidents, Bronson. But I, I also bought um, like a shemag. You know the, the are you familiar with that? Oh uh, no, what is that? It's it's like the Arabian headdress, the the to keep the sun off your neck. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like the, the sheik's the Arabian sheik headdress thing. Yeah, 
I, I have a few of those. Okay. Right, because they're they're amazing for what the, what they're meant to do. Like I was like, my neck's burning. I need something to cover my neck. What do I have? I don't have anything. What would be good for that? Fucking desert people wear that. I'm buying one of those. So I have one, right? And I have a flag to set on fire. And I'm not even uh, Muslim, Arabian, Persian, or any of those things. It's just useful, right? I've also got kilts. And I'm not Irish or Scottish, probably. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, this is like, I will culturally appropriate anything that's useful and beneficial to me, right? And I don't really care where it came from as long as it works for what I need it to work for. Um, but I have a shemog and a flag and, you know, and a lighter. And that's, that's. You know, if you want to do something controversial, you know, the anarchist experience, uh, YouTube challenge, uh, let's go out there and set flags on fire and see how people get pissy about it. Oh, the other thing real quick, Bronson, before you jump in, before anyone jumps in. So the other thing that I was going to do before the flag burn, this is how I was going to tie it into like the capitalist aspect of it. Um, I was going to put the flag up for sale, like a, a bidding auction where if I could get, you know, like $500 or $5,000 for the flag, uh, I would sell it rather than set it on fire. So everyone who wants to say like, you know, well, I will protect this flag and I'll uh, never on my flag. Like you have your opportunity to save this flag, um, with a, with a, with a moderate donation, you know, to, to me to do what I want with it. And I won't set it on fire, but I will sell it to you and I will mail it to you. That's um, such a great idea. Like, if you go live with it and share it to some Patriot groups and say, well, I'm going to burn this flag in about 10 minutes. So if you don't want that to happen, here's my GoFundMe page, and you can pay me not to burn this flag. That's exactly what I was going to do. But it's, it's something similar <laughs> to that, but that was the idea. Sell, sell it or burn it, baby. If, you don't, if I don't get enough donations, I'm setting it on fire. But if I do get enough donations, I will send it to the highest bidder. Oh, that is so funny. You know, if what if I bought the flag? Would you still be willing to do that? Because I, I've been sitting on this idea for so long, and I kind of want to do it, too. Well, how much what are you I, willing to spend on it? For, well, what if I just paid for, uh, like, all the flags that we would be burning? Would, would that be okay? Oh, yeah, because that's your money, man. Like, I don't, I don't care what you do with your money or your flags, right? Like, that's none of my business. Um, I just wouldn't spend my money on something I was just about to, like, set on fire for shits and giggles right like unless it's food and i'm cooking it over hibachi right i'm not i don't really want to burn anything well um, no that, for, for me it's it's more about uh you know creating a controversy and and getting people to talk about flags because uh yeah. I, I i don't think burning the american flag would even be that controversial here in hawaii i think burning the hawaiian flag would especially at uh or something like that that is the thing that would piss off a lot of people and, and if I you kind of want to see what happens, yeah. So if you go out and buy a Hawaiian flag, um, and and you want, if you want me to be the one to set it on fire, I will do that for you. If you want, <laughs> if you want me to stand there and video you setting it on fire, I would do that for you. If you want me just to stand around um, for like you know a moderate level of security and protection, if someone tries to rush you, I will do that for you, right? I'm just not going to spend money on the flag. That's uh, that's kind of oh like, that's the only place I draw the line. Okay, we, we definitely have to do this because I've been sitting on this for way too long and we, we just got to do it already because fuck it. It could be good or it could be really bad, but I don't care. But that, that that's my idea for something controversial and the, the, the YouTube flag burn challenge. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, we could combine them like, 
let's say people don't uh if the bid's not high enough for the flag it's like nope you guys, you didn't donate enough money we're burning it <laughs> yeah and, and <laughs> which know, is like, why it has to be like a, a funding campaign where there's no refunds right like if we don't get our goal like we keep the money anyway like hundred dollars for the american flag <laughs> No, that's that's moderate, man. I I'd burn it for nothing less than a thousand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, oh, come on, you pa- know what? come on, Patriots, put your money awesome where your mouth challenge. is. We'll, we'll give them twenty four hours to raise a thousand dollars to and save not, this flag. Live, yeah, we're going live. <laughs> this this flag will be burned in twenty four hours. Oh, only <laughs> only because nobody <laughs> listens to us, or not very many people do. I'm gonna throw this out there. Um, you could have this this challenge every week, and you could burn a flag every week. And no, because then so, I gotta burn a then I gotta buy a flag every no, week. I so, only got one. If I said if okay. people are contributing money, so let's say they do buy the flag for a thousand dollars, and then we don't get to burn it, and we could you know then we can oh yeah next week in, in oh yeah you know, in, in absolutely. Infinity. So <laughs> oh how many flags are you willing to save, right? <laughs> You know, because then even PETA puts down animals, man. We're gonna burn a few flags before we get enough. (laughs) No, but they're gonna realize like this is just a scam. They're just trying to make money. It's like, yeah, well, flags are scams too. (laughs) I mean, you're duping yourself out of money if you if you really believe that this thing is worth saving. (laughs) Well, but but that's part of it, right? A lot of it is platitudes, right? Like I I was I was going to work. and I was following this other dude on a moped, and he was, had a sweater on that basically said, like, you know, if you don't like the flag, leave. I was like, <laughs> to go where? Like, what a douche, <laughs> right? But it's it's all, you know, they all like, you know, if you stomp my flag and I'll stomp your ass. And they're not going to do shit, right? <laughs> Guarantee they're not going <laughs> to. Guarantee they're not going to. But at least, at least this provides them an opportunity to say, yes, I helped save this flag as I claimed I would, right? Or to get called out on their bullshit where it's, it's, they're all talk and no action because when the time comes to put their actual money where their big fat mouth is, right? They're going to do neither. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, pretend patriotism. It's like patriotism when the costs are low, but when the costs are high, eh, like not, not worth it. And there should be millions of patriots willing to contribute a dollar. I mean, come on. 300 million yeah. American citizens, they all contribute $1 to save a flag. We can retire. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just think what, what Matt, Matthew said is funny because it, you're like basically holding them hostage every week. And eventually they're just going to catch on that like, oh, my God, these guys are just scamming us. <laughs> but we have to be sure yeah, that yeah. we get well, we have to be the, sure that it's, it's not, not the a, same it's flag. Not a, it's not a scam because somebody is going to be getting uh, a nice flag every week. So yeah, we're selling. <laughs> we we buy them wholesale and sell them retail. And then on top of that, we'll we'll we'll, we'll fold it correctly for you. <laughs> we'll follow all the procedures for folding it. For the triangle fold. That's our service, right? Like we're we're providing <clears throat> not just a good but also a service. There you go. <laughs> Comes wrapped in this nice saran wrap. Around your triangly folded American flag with the stars pointed up in the left-handed direction. Man, I, I, uh, so when I was in Afghanistan, you could actually pay money to have, like, you could buy a flag and then you could pay money to have it flown for like 24 hours in the center of the base. 
and then it even comes with this this plaque it comes with this plaque that says like flown in the face of the enemy on this day like it has a date date on him so i got two of them in fact i got one for my grandpa who like he fought in iwo jima so he's like you know hardcore marine america and all that shit then i got one for my cousin too and you know that's like uh, you know, in their minds, that's like the best, the greatest gift I could ever possibly, possibly have given them. Like, I mean, they they mounted it on the wall and everything. <laughs> and for me, it's like, well, this is twenty bucks, and it's gonna make someone happy. Okay, so before we bury the lead too much, then we should probably explain to people why you're in Afghanistan and why you're now co-hosting a show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, wait, why did I join the military? Or? Sure, because no one knows who you are or what you're about yet. So. They, oh, they don't yeah, even yeah. know that much. Well, I mean, uh, like everyone else, I think I was, you know, basically non, non-political. For I mean, I was kind of political, but um, I still a little bit believed in all the propaganda. You know, like oh, we're fighting for freedom and blah blah blah. You know, protecting protecting the country from foreign threats and all that. But actually, by the time I had deployed to Afghanistan. I kind of already knew it was bullshit. Like, by that time, I'm already listening to Ron Paul. And, you know, like, I, I knew Iraq for sure was bullshit. I, I was just kind of on the fence with Afghanistan. But then the, by the time I got there, I was like, oh, well, this is bullshit, too. You know, like, we're obviously not going to make any kind of profound impact on this country. And then I found out, like, <laughs> the plan to invade Afghanistan started one day before. Like, it was approved one day before 9-11. And that's not even a conspiracy theory. Like, that's in the 9-11 Commission report. Um, and their rationale was, like, they, they wanted to take out bin Laden anyways. Uh, so, you know, they were they were going to invade Afghanistan, but then 9-11 just made it much easier to sell. No, so I'm, not bro- was a cons- I'm not saying 9-11 was a conspiracy, but I am saying that it's just the fact that, you know, it, the plan was approved by, by Bush and the Defense Secretary one day before 9-11. Okay, so you you joined the military, had had your uh, like anarchist revelation or liberty revelation, and then now you're just out of the military, like uh, espousing oh, yeah. the ideas of freedom and liberty. Yeah, I'm out completely. In fact, I think the military creates more anarchists than anything because you get like a front seat view of of what government is and what a bureaucracy is, and you think you think there's. Like if you if you're not in it, you think there's someone at the helm, and someone who's in control of all of this, and you know, somebody ha- who has a master plan. But w- once you're in it, you realize there's nobody at the helm. You know, this fucking thing is on autopilot, and <laughs> nobody knows what the fuck's going on, and nobody knows, you know, how to fix it or make it better or anything. Like it's just, you know, it's just a bureaucracy. It, it exists just to exist. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, and any other any other thoughts, questions that you had re- regarding the, well, the challenge, MC? Uh, well, I just wanted to say I, I wanted to second that what you're saying about the bureaucracy and and for for everybody else out there in the real world um, that thinks they know what's going on, a lot of it is based on assumptions. There's an assumption that all this is happening for some you know higher purpose for some good reason. And, and honestly, it's, it's not, it's just, it's, it's so crazy. Like it's, it's so bad. You, you know, you couldn't make it up. Like, it's just, it's, it's that, that stupid, like, um, and, and it goes all the way to the top. 
you know, every single time too. You know, whether it's Obama or Trump or you know, going going back even further, um, it's it's the same thing over and over. And uh, you know, is, is there going to be some president in the future that can stop it? You know, my hope was on Ron Paul. Obviously, uh, there was a lot of people against him. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I'm I'm not holding my breath for that sort of thing. I I think. Uh, uh, I, I even made a, a comment to Amnesty International because they they said, "Oh, uh, Trump is is the new um, new person to uh, to call. Uh, what, what is it? Um, uh, 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 crime, crime against humanity. What what do you call that okay. type of person? Terrorist, but anyway, uh, war criminal. Yeah, some, something like that. But anyway, they they said he's he's you know." <laughs> Against humanity. That's how bad he is, right? Okay. And so my, my comment was like, yeah, well, so is Obama. So why is Obama not on, on your on your hit list, you know? Um, and and they all are. And, and so my, my solution is to not have a president or let everybody have a president. You know, this there, there shouldn't be one guy who who can potentially stop the military, you know, if, if that's even possible. You know, I don't even know. Um, it's it's okay and and the other thing uh, you know b- besides just burning the flag maybe we should burn the constitution too because it it's failed to prevent the things that 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 are happening um losing freedoms uh, daily and uh, and at the same time we're killing a whole bunch of people in the middle east and other places and sure. overthrowing go- governments and you know installing dictators i mean <laughs> Like I said, it's so it's so crazy. It's it it's uh, I, I don't know. You know, there's nowhere to begin. And so, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So we're gonna burn, burn the, the constitution. Flag, burn the constitution. Um, <laughs> and see now, are, are you gonna like go buy a, a like a copy of the constitution somewhere, or just like print out a you know? I'm probably gonna. Uh, you know, if we if we go ahead with this, I am gonna make it like at least appear to be the the actual constitution, knowing that you know, of course, I didn't go fucking rob the national archives and take take the constitution. I will say this: the the here's one area where the constitution is useful in my life. Um, so we, we've talked about all like the in in past shows, all the times I get harassed by the cops, right? Um, so for a while, I don't even know if I still have it. I kept a copy of the, like the pocket constitution um, in my glove compartment. And then I would put my registration and insurance paperwork in that and hand that to them. Because <laughs> that was always fun. We don't need this. I'm, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> but you should probably read it at some point. Yeah, you know, it, it, to me, I'm kind of on the fence about whether the constitution is... You know, because it does seem like it's holding back the government in some ways, at least, you know. But at the same time, it's also created the current state of affairs. Right. Right. So, so that's the, the, I think the only, that was MC's point about it. It, it, it either it either allowed where where we are today or has been powerless to prevent it from happening. And either way is unfit to exist. Right. And I think that's a, like a Lysander Spooner quote from like the 1800s and it's far worse now than it ever was then my my theory is that eventually the rest of the world is going to get tired of it 
and they're going to be economically capable of getting rid of the U.S. And at that point, they will. Um, so it would be best for the U.S. to get its shit together to come up with some principle of uh, at least at the very bare minimum that the congressmen have to authorize war before we do it. Like, I mean, it sounds that's already in the I, Constitution, right? I, no, I, sh no. I shouldn't, I, but I shouldn't have to say it. I should not have to say, "Hey, the, you know, the represent representation of the people should have to vote to go to war before you go to war." I mean, why? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, no, you have to think about like one way to think of statism as a religion is like if I told you, like, if I just pointed to some guy who looked, you know, remarkably similar to Donald Trump. And I said, you know what? I think that guy right there, I think he should have the absolute power over life and death for every living human on the planet. Like Alec you know, Baldwin? The, yeah, you know, like most people would say, what the fuck? What kind of fucked up crazy belief is that? And yet that is, in fact, what they believe. They believe there should be someone called president of the United States and that this person should, in fact, have you know can decide unilaterally to destroy the earth if they want to there's no law that says the president cannot do this you know like if, if he decides to start a preemptive nuclear war that is at his sole discretion i mean well sole this sole discretion as in no law or not authorized by the constitution but he has the power to do it anyway right because well, I, I would I would say according to their interpretation of the Constitution, because otherwise he wouldn't have that power. That's what I'm according saying. According to however the government interpreted its own authority, <laughs> they've determined that there should in fact be a person who has this authority to simply start a preemptive nuclear war. There's nothing either in the Constitution or any law or even a, a fucking bureaucratic regulation of some kind. That says he can't do this. You know, like if you look at the com National Command Authority, it says quite clearly, like the president can unilaterally decide. Now, there is supposedly supposed to be a second person of, to uh, have the other key, but it also says that he can just continue firing everyone until someone agrees with him. So, like, he, he could fire every single person that came until it came down to, like, an office fucking desk clerk or something like that and say, okay, you are now uh, second in command. I want you to turn that key. And that's it. That's it. Fucking end so, of the world. So there's still a chance. Um, I just wanted to, you know, put put the you know silver lining on this cloud. Um, and and I guess Russia, the the world has been saved like two or three times by people who refused to to launch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, I'm still you know, holding out for those. You know, I mean, I don't have a choice. You know, if 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 it comes, it comes. You know, and 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 that's that was my attitude when when we got the the fake uh, missile alert uh in hawaii too i was like yeah i guess i guess if you know if i i should be dead by now but <laughs> well you're talking about vasily arkhipov and uh, i'm reading on his wikipedia page real quick he was a soviet navy officer accredited with casting the single vote that prevented a soviet nuclear strike during the cuban missile crisis so their response was going to be well first of all we had no like legal or international right to blockade uh, the Soviet Union from putting nukes in Cuba in the first place. We just had right. no right. Uh, we just decided unilaterally that we were gonna block these ships, like just be, like physically get in their way, you know. And so their response to that, and and actually we started firing warning shots and stuff like that, and we were threatening to fire on the ships themselves. And so 
the submarine that was escorting them was like, well, you know, they're threatening us. We didn't threaten them. It's not like we're, you know, demanding to get into an American port. This is Cuba. You know, this is you, you don't have authority over Cuba or international waters. And so they were actually going to start a nuclear shot. And some people voted yes. Uh, half of the people voted yes. Half the people voted no. And he, his vote decided the ultimate fate of the world by, by saying no. And that was, that was the second time. It actually happened another time before that, whenever uh, there was an, you know, uh, they, they launched a, basically a weather balloon. And the guy in charge of uh, the Soviet response, uh, he just decided he was not going to respond. Nice. Yeah. So that, that, that guy's name is Stanislav Trov. It's good to have somebody on the show with with all the facts. Um, yeah, we usually just wing it and say, "Yeah, some guy." <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 part of I will say part of that is because again, um, one of the one of the traps that the the statists out there will put libertarians and anarchists into when having a discussion or a debate um, is making you spend your energy coming up with facts that don't matter, right? Like you, you the, the libertarians and anarchists in an argument are like the the statistical savants of the universe, right? No, no, no. This statistic here said this, and they did a study back in the nineteen sixties that did said that, and in the nineteen seventies, blah 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 blah, and they go like, yeah, but who will build the roads, right? Like they they just they they put the burden on us to come up with all the statistics, all the facts, all the information, right? And again. I got I got tired of looking shit up. I got tired of researching stuff that I already knew, um, just so I could have you know, just so I could say no, no, no. It was May seventh, not May eighth, nineteen forty three, right? Yeah, uh, I and hate I, getting bogged down in that kind of. Story. I don't. I just don't do it. So I stick with like the the moral, the ethical, the rational reasons uh, why we should get rid of the state, um, and then any anything else, I just I don't care. Right. It's just like, you know, I'm I'm not going to fall into your trap of getting bogged down by this. Right. There's um, there's a, there's an argumentative tactic um, that's literally called like the gish gallop. And it's it's yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. it's basically they throw out so many different arguments that you can't redress all of them. Right. And they go like, well, because you didn't address this one during your rebuttal, therefore, I'm right. Right. And I go. <laughs> Not going to fall into that trap either, right? You, you you can spit all the platitudes, everything you want, and I'm going to stick with the moral and ethical basis um, that we should be, that no acts, you know, no human interaction should be done coercively or involuntarily, right? And anytime you have coercion or violence or force or threats thereof uh, in, in dealing with other people, right, that's a violation. And that's what the state does on a regular basis, um, so mm. I don't care. I don't. I don't care so you, if some you, Russian you dude casts that, a vote. Oh, you go ahead. That like to an absolute degree that it's never okay to initiate force. Never okay to initiate. Like I, I am, I am a a fundamental believer in the non-aggression axiom. Mm. Okay, so let's say you are traveling through a desert, for example, and you're with your family. You're just starving. You have no water, but you you come across this oasis. And in it, there's like a castle <laughs> and there's behind that castle is like the monopoly guy and he's got his monocle and everything. And you're like, Hey, please, sir, 
me and my family, you know, we're going to die. If, and I, and I see you have an orchard here and you have plenty of water and things like that. And, you know, if, is there any way that, you know, you could spare some, just enough for us to eat and drink and then we'll be on our way. We're going to leave. And for whatever bizarre reason, he's like, no, I, I would never help such as you. Or let's say he's racist or something like some, something silly. Um, you don't think that it would be morally acceptable for me to steal from this person? Not morally. But I, I, first, I'm going to say not morally, but I also want to point out, um, this, this is, again, what status will do, right? They'll come up with some absurd, extreme example, right? Like, this is how bad it has to get for you to, like, for you to break down and, and violate your own ethical code, right? Um, and, and, again, you, if you like Larkin Rose, he already covered this. Right. Um, is it morally acceptable to steal this man's property to survive? No, it's not. It's not morally acceptable. It's wrong. It's the wrong thing to do. Now, if I were in that situation, would I do it? Absolutely. Right. But I wouldn't say I wouldn't like go up high to the mountain and go like I am a moral and ethical person and it's OK to steal because this situation dictates whatever. Right. The, the appropriate thing to do is to go like, OK. It's morally wrong, but there's a, there's a survival issue on the line, right? Like if I was being chased by a murderer, would I break into someone's house to get away? Absolutely, right? Would I pay for the damages after the fact? Absolutely. Will I voluntarily go to arbitration and they can cite their case and I can cite my case and maybe come to some uh, reasonable understanding of how much that food and water was actually worth and pay him back at some point in the future? Uh, sure, why not? Right. Like I would I would go through all the acceptable ways uh, to to reconcile uh, having stolen from this man. Right. If it was in, in order to survive, uh, because at that point, life is more important than death. Uh, but once the life is sustained, right, then you got to make you got to you got to make right what you have wronged uh, and stealing from him is wrong. Uh, if he doesn't want you to, if he doesn't want to give it to you, that's his, that's his property. You don't get, you don't get to change your morals and ethics, uh, and based on circumstances. That's, that's an, an opening another, for everything. Another possible outcome too, is that the guy in the castle is the biggest and cap asshole in the world. And he actually shoots you <laughs> because you're trying to get food, and then, but you're going to die anyway. Story. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. It, Sometimes it doesn't matter whether you're doing the right or wrong thing because you're dead. Either. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> but but once once your life is like sustained, right? Like once you go like, okay, I'm not going to die. Oh shit! I stole a bunch of that dude's food in order to get to this point. I should probably pay him back. Um, right. You know whatever whatever is of equitable value. And well, uh, you know and and cap or not, right? I don't I don't think I don't think it would be acceptable. Uh, to be shot or to be killed, um, you know, un unless I like tried to rob him first, right? Because even under, even the under the non-aggression principle and the non-aggression axiom, right? The the amount of force uh, to be used defensively is not always lethal, right? It's it's uh, whatever uh, at, at whatever it takes to repel the threat, right? So if he comes out waving, I'm like, get off my land, and I'm you can't, you know, then you fucking you grab whatever food you can and you run. Right. And like, you know, there, there's no longer a threat. He's no longer under a threat of life. Right. His life is no longer on the line. Um, so so he's no longer morally allowed to take a life. Right. Like that's, you know, and if it, he comes chasing me off his land with the gun. Right. And now he's putting my life in danger. I'm fucking fire back. 
right? Because I'm no longer on his land. We can deal with the property theft later, but now my life is in danger again, and I'm also allowed to repel that threat the other way. Hmm. I, well, I just think some people would have a different conception. Like, you know, I think in general, Ben AP is a good, you know, overall worldview, but I, I don't think it's an absolute or an axiom in the way that, that you see it. Um, I think almost all consequentialist anarchists would say the same thing. They would say, you know, it's not, it's not, it's a good general rule to follow, but you know, there, there are limitations to it. So it can't be an axiom, like in, in the same sense that, for example, two plus two equals four or two, two equals two in, in that sense. Like, well, you know, sometimes it, it is morally justified to initiate force. I mean, and, and the reason for this when? is because the world, the world is, it's very complex, you know, like there's a great deal of uncertainty, you know, what, the way that we interact in the real world is much different than, you know, the way that we conceptualize this philosophically. So, I don't know, to, to give you another example, let's say fucking there's five zombies running towards you and you had a machine gun, but one of them was a, a human, you know, like, and you, I don't know, is, is it okay? Like, what if you accidentally shoot the, the non-zombie, for example? Like, you've totally just killed that person, initiated force against them. But at the same time, you were, you know, trying to protect, let's say, uh, 10 people who were behind you from getting infected or something. Okay. What if, what if they're not, what if they're not zombies? What if they're gang members and it's a cop, right? Firing into a crowd Mm -hmm. of innocents trying to kill gang members, right? We, We don't, we don't need to take extreme examples, but I guess my point with calling it an axiom is that I would never say if I, if, if there were zombies chasing me and I fired at them with the machine gun and I killed a human being, right? I would never on under any circumstances say that it was, it was righteous, moral, moral, ethically justified to kill that human being simply because zombies were after me, right? You, there, there's a separation, firing at the zombies, killing a human being. Did I kill a human being? Yes. Did I violate the, the non-aggression axiom? Absolutely. Was it right to do so? Absolutely not, right? So I'm not, I'm not saying that there, are, there aren't going to be circumstances in which I personally wouldn't violate the NAP, because even with your first example, I said I would 100% violate it, but I would never justify it by saying I did the right thing, right? I didn't do the right thing. So, so you I did the wrong thing. You're just you're just engaging in moral actions, essentially. I'm engaging in immoral actions of which I owe something after the fact, right? Like the the the, the whole the whole concept of justice is to to make whole or to make right what has been wronged, right? Uh, you know. So if, if, if I if I stole an apple from the guy's orchard, right, in order to survive, right, at the very least, what, what I have to, like, go back and return an apple to him uh, at some point in the future, right? If I killed a human being while firing into zombies, right, I, I, I don't know who would mete out that justice, you know, given the zombie invasion, right? But I wouldn't say it was morally justified to do so, but it's somewhere down the line, I owe someone something for having taken that life. Right. Whether or not they'll ever come to collect uh, based on the zombie invasion is another thing. But I wouldn't I mm. the, re- the reason I call it an axiom um, is because it, it is it is 100 percent absolute uh, in my opinion. However, that does not make it uh, uh, like I can't violate it and in- involatile. 
or whatever word I'm looking for there. Mm. Like I, I it's really... it's easy to violate it, and I'm, but I would never justify a violation by saying the violation was morally righteous. I, I I think I understand exactly what you're saying, and I think this comes down to a question of semantics, um, because uh, zombie you know stories and stuff like that. I think they're really just a metaphor for disease in general. So I mean, you could imagine a scenario in which there was some deadly outbreak that was so freaking contagious that it, it just wouldn't make sense to not quarantine these people. But the, some of the people you're quarantining are not infected. That's a violation. Okay, but the alternative is to let them out and, you know, possibly spread the disease. But, the, but, but if you're able to distinguish between diseased and, and healthy... Right then, you 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 are obligated by the principle to let the healthy people go. Well, right? that's what I mean by saying you know the real world is not that clear. Right, there's always a lot of gray area in in real everyday interactions. There's always okay. gray. Like let's let's say for then example, on, the, have... the, but what hey uh, Bronson, what he's saying is the NAP is not gray. It's pretty simple, black and white. Uh, mm. But what what we do with it, how we how we adjust to it, isn't. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's taking personal responsibility for your actions and being honest with yourself about what you're doing, right? If you go, well, I, I'm quarantining healthy people so I can feel safe. I am violating the NAP, uh, for my protection, right? This, to me, my safety is worth more, uh, than that person's life because they might get me sick. Right. What if, is, it, what if you're saving like a million people, though? Doesn't matter. It's it's matter? no, not at all. Right. It's it's being it's 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 being responsible to yourself in understanding that, yes, you're you're doing something wrong. Right. It's not it's not saying that uh, because I believe in the NAP, I'm never going to do anything wrong. Right. It's that if a circumstance arises where I do something wrong and I violate the NAP, I take responsibility for that action and do my very best to make whole whoever I have harmed in that violation as opposed to saying, well, this is the one circumstance where it's okay to violate the NAP, therefore the NAP is invalid as a moral code. Because then everybody has that. Right, everybody will go. Yeah, well, in my situation, it's okay. Well, in my situation, it's what I call like the yeah buts. Yeah, anarchy is great, but who will build the roads? Or anarchy is great, but who will educate the children? Well, anarchy is great, but who will quarantine the zombies? Right, everyone's got a yeah but, and the yeah but is what prevents uh, a true libertarian society from moving forward because everyone's yeah but is different, and with every yeah but, you have a one more exception to the rule. Right, and therefore the rule is worthless. And if you want to no. say because everyone no, has no, a yeah, that's... but that the NAP is worthless, right? Then just scrap it and just don't say that that's part of your code, right? That's, just... that's not the argument at all, Rich. It's not saying that it's worthless. It's just saying that it's not an absolute. You you understand that there's something in between zero and infinity. Uh, infinity is not a number, but sure. Well, you understand what I mean, though, right? It doesn't have to be either 100% axiom or completely worthless no because in my mind it's binary it's zero or one <laughs> well that's what that's what i'm saying like a lot of uh concept well every consequentialist ancap would say no there is you know some point in, in between these two extremes where 
uh, where, but, like, for example, the but NAP. Not, not as far as the NAP, though. The NAP is just is, is a zero or a one, is what Rich is saying. And, well, no, because David Friedman and others would be like, well, no, there's a lot of scenarios that I can think of where it would it would be, in fact, immoral to follow the NAP. Immoral. Uh, then I would no. disagree with them. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, you could, you, of course, that's going to be the, the fundamental differences between the deontological ANCAPs and the consequentialist ANCAPs. You know, some people would say, well, if you're like, you know, if let's say there's a million children starving, but, you know, somebody didn't want to give them food and you were in a position, let's say you worked for a corporation and you were in a position to just give it to them, you know, like you would, you'd be stealing from the company, duh, but uh, it's still the morally righteous action. But the stealing from the company is a separate act, right? And, and that separate act, right, is a violation of the NAP, right? It's, it's when they yeah, go but, like... But, but we would say a justified violation, right? Okay. I, wouldn't, I, I would say not justified, right? You, you have harmed somebody and need to take responsibility for that harm. I know, but we would say the harm was justified. Like I, you would they, say the harm was justified. I would never say the harm was justified. No, all the I, I'm telling you, all the consequentialist MCAPs, and there are thousands, would say the same thing. They would say, "Okay, well, are are yes, you appealing are, to authority?" No, no, I'm just saying okay. there are a lot of people who share this view. It's not as though like everyone agrees that the NAP yeah, is an and I and I disagree fundamentally with all of them. Because, like I said, then whatever whatever their pet scenario is, right, be it a million children or 500 dogs, right, ooh, that sounds good, what, whatever, whatever, <laughs> their, whatever their scenario happens to be where they're going to say, well, this is a justified violation of the NAP, right, for every scenario that they can come up with, some statists can come up with, well, that's the reason why we have to have the state. Right. Well, mm. or another anarchist will say, well, 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 my pet project is this. So if this scenario, if this other scenario, not a million children starving, but some other scenario comes up where, you know, it would be morally justified to violate the NAP, then in my mind, right, the, that makes the NAP worthless. Right. Because there, there's it has to be a hard principle. Right. It has to be a, a I will not aggress. If you go, well, what if they're threatening me? Right, then you go, well, that's a threat, right? Now you're defending yourself, and I'm fucking a-okay with defensive violence in all forms. Um, again, enough to repel the threat, right? But if you're if you're saying like I have some pet scenario where it, it would be immoral to not steal from somebody, right, or to not kill somebody, right? Like we we must kill them, we must steal from them, we must take their property, right? In order in order to justify some secondary act that you're going to use with their life, liberty, or property, right? Then I would say that is that is a violation of the NAP. And if you want to justify your violation, then you are not taking personal responsibility for your actions. And if, yeah, and, I, I and the whole thing is, you, if, if you do violate the NAP, if you have no intention of, of making up for it, then that's kind of the, that, that takes care of that gray area. A little bit. And also don't consider yourself a proponent of the NAP, right? Just just don't. Like you can't you well, can't say I, I believe in I the NAP under under all circumstances unless there's an emergency. 
Right? Well, that's the thing. I wouldn't say that. David Friedman wouldn't say that. A lot of people would not say that I believe in all circumstances. They would say, I believe in general, it's a great rule for society, but there are limits. You know, it is not an absolute. It's not an infinity. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a, a general rule that we should follow, but it's not an axiom. Okay. And, it, and, if, and if someone is not willing, right, to, to, to take it as an axiom, then I have to always be on my defensive around them because I don't know when something that I do or something that I say or something that I have will be used to justify taking my life, liberty, and property in some of one of their emergency situations, right? Now I have to be wary. Now I have to be aware that, you know, if they're, if they're not willing to extend the same courteousness to me, that they won't violate my life, liberty, and property based on an axiom and on principle, right? Then who can I trust? Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of uncertainty in life, and that's that's kind of the reason why the NAP is is not an axiom. It's for that precise reason. No, the NAP because is still an axiom. It's not clear. Like you, we there, we don't have in the real world. We don't have a way to determine who's infected and who's not. That's why they have to be quarantined in the first place. If they didn't have to be quarantined, they wouldn't. Right, and I and I think you're saying that I wouldn't quarantine. And what I'm saying is, if it if if I do quarantine. Right. I wouldn't consider it a morally righteous thing to do. It would be an NAP violation because the NAP is an axiom. And if you ha- and well, you have to take responsibility for your actions when you violate the NAP and a failure to take responsibility for your actions through an NAP violation. Right. Is is immoral and unethical, in my opinion. Right. And then makes you no better than anybody else. Uh, who doesn't have any moral and ethics? Like if if your ethical code uh, is, is you know at the whims of the circumstance, it's not an ethical code at all. It's sound, it's it's uh, it's virtue well, it signaling it's, an ethical code. It's utilitarianism. <laughs> and I'm not a utilitarian. I'm an anarchist. Right, but you're saying it's not an ethical. What is an ethical code is just different from yours. You know. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, in that case, okay. Some, some some people would say okay. The righteous action here is to save a million people, even if that causes, let's say, 500 innocent people to die. So uh, let me jump in here, though. You're, 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 you have to look at each action as its own. So saving a million people is a moral thing to do, but killing a couple people to make that happen is not the moral thing to do. So the killing is, is a, a violation of the NAP, but you might save a million, so you, you might do it anyway. But if you do kill those two people, you still owe something. Mm. But how, yeah. like, how would, let's say, you know, we, we, we had a quarantine 500, let's say we had a quarantine 1,000 people and 500, or let's say we had a quarantine 10,000 people and 500 of them were not infected, but not doing so would have a million people infected. Then you have um, to admit to yourself that you violated the life, liberty, and property of at least 500 people. Right, but it's still the morally righteous action. No, it's not. That's why you admit to yourself that it's a violation. Well, we would say it, it's immoral to not quarantine them. That is the immoral action. And that's where I would disagree, because it's a violation. You, you've taken something from somebody that ought not have been taken. Yeah, but... And you, I mean, and you, justify, and you justified it rather than just admitting that it was wrong. But it isn't wrong. That's the thing. It's right to save a million people. Then find another way to do it without violating the rights of other people. 
Right. There isn't. That's what. That's what. That's what I'm saying. What. What if it's the case that saving a million people is dependent, absolutely inexorably dependent, on violating these other 500 people's rights? I would say it's, you lack imagination and creativity. It's. It's still a violation whether you think you have to do it or not. Like, even even let's say your own life is on the line, and and your whole family and like a million people who was also in your family, and so to save the the human race you have to uh take from these people uh and quarantine them and and maybe they die maybe they don't um so we'll make the assumption that they're probably going to die and and so but it's still breaking the nap to quarantine them whether whether you do it if you do it you're, you're breaking it if you don't you might be dead um so it does but that doesn't change the fact that you're breaking the nap so, I know. So you should yeah, just be, so. we should be honest about what it is and say, okay, I'm going to break the NAP. You know, if you guys, if, if the rest of the community, after I do this, wants to hang me for it, then so be it. You know, I, you know, I'm making this choice because this is based on my values, whatever. Well, but, right but there, you right can't, there. But you can't, but you can't say you're not breaking it. You should say, you should, you should, before you do it, you should tell everybody, Hey, I'm going to break the NAP to save yeah. everybody. I'm if, explicitly if, saying that. I'm explicitly saying that we are breaking the NAP right. because so it the is NA, the, the right the, thing to do. That's where you get it wrong. It's not it's not right or wrong. It's it's just a choice. But I would say it is right. You know, it is it's right not, to it's, save a million not, people. It's not well, it's not right to And then, then now you're not separating, right? I, I know because to me that's like a semantical, you know. It's not semantical, but it, well, it sort of is. This whole discussion is is about uh, how how we're trying to uh, define the NAP, uh, whether it's uh, you know whether the language is correct or not. And and Rich is saying the language is correct. The language is black and white, and you're saying uh, well, sort of. And and so I, t I t I'm taking Rich's side uh, based on his explanation for it and and uh can i can i i mean well, e even back to the the original story about about stealing the the apple from the or orchard to survive okay you know it's it's a you have to be honest about it it's a violation whether you're killing people or stealing uh, killing and stealing is is a violation of the nap now that mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're never going to have situations where it could happen but it's still a violation. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm explicitly saying that it's a violation. Like that's not the part that I'm disputing. Then I then I think um, you believe that the NAP is an axiom, right? You're just no, you are personally willing to violate the axiom, and people violate the axiom on a daily basis. They're called status. Well, then it's not to me. It's not that makes it not an axiom. Like it's not always true that it's wrong in every single scenario because I mean, I, when I was in Bali, I had the same conversation with Dave Friedman and I was on your side of it. And I was saying, no, the NAP is an absolute, it's an axiom. And he, and he like laughed at me and you said, okay, well, what about here? What about here? And you know, that's what, kind of what changed my view on this issue. Right. Okay. So in, in that case then, right. In, in your mind, right. You found your yeah, but moment, right. You, you found your reason to do something wrong where the absolute moral code couldn't be upheld. Right. Well, I don't, it, that's the thing. I don't, I don't see it as wrong. I see it as right. 
Yeah, I, dude, so do status, right? We have to have the police. Mm-hmm. We have to have schools. We can't just we can't have marijuana users running around the you know all over the creation, right? They they say right. we got to leave. But I would they, say, but even within my own logical framework, I would say yeah, even within a consequentialist framework, that's wrong and this is right for these reasons. And that's why you, it's not an absolute for you, right? Because yeah, yes. you, you're you have you have your rationale. Right to to justify force, fraud, and coercion against otherwise peaceful people. Right, mm-hmm. that you you have something in your mind that says it's okay to violate the rights or the perceived rights of another people to violate the life, liberty, and property of people. Right, yes. and and I would say not an anarchist then. Right, because the mm-hmm. the minute you come up with a reason to violate the rights, the life, liberty, and property of someone else, um, you open up a can of worms where now it's okay to violate yours. Number one. Right. And then so what I've told people before, right, is when in doubt, you uh, use the use the ethics uh, of your enemy. Right. So if your enemy says it's OK to kill people, kill that fucker on the spot. Right. If your enemy says it's OK to steal from people, take all of his shit right on the spot. Right. If you're saying that it's OK to quarantine people and to to violate the life, liberty and property of people, I would say put you down on the spot. Because that's one less person I have to worry about violating my life, liberty, and property in the future. I don't want to be in a scenario. I don't want to be in a scenario where I'm where I'm interacting with people who could turn on me at any moment, right? I had a do. I had a friend join like the National Guard at one point, and I said, "Dude, at one point we're going to be on opposite sides of the battlefield, right? And would you fire? On, and would you fire on me?" He's like, "If my commanding officer said to fire, I'd fire." I go, and I said, "If that's the case." Don't be surprised if I put you down, you know, sometime when you're not looking, because I don't want to have to worry about say, you later. I would say this is an entirely false equivalency. Like uh, my reasons for when it would be OK to violate the nap are going to be completely different from a sadist, like categorically different. Well, then I'll, I'll change my opinion then. Uh, my I'm, I'm OK violating the NAP when I feel threatened by someone who's OK violating the NAP. And then I'm going to justify any actions well, I can right. to kill that person. Right. So ne- next time so I see you, Bronson. What's that? <laughs> no, that means you might find a knife in your back the next time we meet up. Because like, it's, it's under, your, under your own ethics. It's okay for me to stab you in the back. And I'll, no, justif- and I'll justify it because I don't know what he was going to do. There was no way to tell. Well, no. I didn't kill David Friedman. So uh, there's at least in one reason not to do it. <laughs> Among many, but uh, well, instead, what do I, I care about David Friedman? On the issue. Well, yeah, well, saying, no, you've you've what? changed mine, right? I'm kill everybody who like even like looks at me funny because I can justify it by saying who knows, man. Well, I mean, then I would say you're just a psychopath. And and I I would say look in the mirror. How, how is it that still the case that an action that you agree with me, like in the case of saving a million people by violating five hundred? people's rights you even agree with me that this would be the correct thing to do i didn't say correct and yet you're you're well, i never said correct would you do it that's a different question than whether it's the right thing to do okay but that's just semantics like no no it's, not. it's, it's not it's the crux of <laughs> the argument say, when i say correct i mean would you do it like should you do it should no you i shouldn't no i shouldn't you shouldn't do it so you should just should let not. the one million people die yeah not none of my business <laughs> 
See, well, that's the thing. We, that's where we're going to have a fundamental disagreement because I would say you should save a million people. That is the morally correct, righteous action to okay. save a million people. And for you, that could be true. Now, I would say if you want to save a million people and you can only find one way to do it that violates the life, liberty, and property of another person, then you lack imagination and creativity and problem-solving skills. No, but that's part of the scenario, right? We're saying that this is the solution. Now, I'm but not it's not the only is, solution. No, no, what but I'm in this scenario, it is. And I would then say it's a, you lack then, the imagination if you can't imagine a scenario in which this is the only solution. I will never imagine a scenario where there's only one solution, right? That, again, that lacks imagination, creativity, and problem-solving skills, but, right? But I had a boss come up that, to see, I had a boss come up to me and he said, uh, don't come at me with your problems. Come at me with your problem and three solutions to your problem, and I'll give you three more to choose from. But right? couldn't we say that you lack the imagination to imagine a scenario in which there is only one solution? Yeah, you can. Because I, I have the imagination and creativity to come up with other solutions that don't violate the life, liberty, and property of anybody else. So, and what, what are the other solutions in the case of uh, the quarantine, 500 people, uh, opening the quarantine will, of course, leave 1 million people open to uh, infection. You know, what, what are the other options here besides quarantine? I mean, okay, uh, we could nuke them, I guess. We could uh, firebomb them. Uh, we could let them out. Uh, like, See, look, you're already, you're already coming up with other solutions. So I, I commend you for that, right? But now come up with one that doesn't violate the life, liberty, and property of somebody else, and you have yourself a good solution. Well, that's the thing. It's like when, I don't know if you've ever delved into philosophy, but they have this thing called the, the trolley problem, right? And nobody's saying that, like, the trolley's real and that this is actually going to happen at some point, but it's used as a way to communicate certain moral and philosophical ideas, right? To yeah, say, you know, and I don't pull the lever. It's none of my business, oh, ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, we talked about this, okay, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, even if it was a million people going to die and you had to kill one, even then you wouldn't pull the lever? I would not pull the lever. It's none of my business. I am not responsible oh. for the death of a million people, nor am I responsible to save the lives of a million people. Right, that is not a burden I carry, ever, ever. Or two people, right? It's not a burden I carry. I don't care. See, a uh, uh, consequentialist would say would consider your action, your choice, to be in completely immoral. Like they would say that's it is totally. Well, he, immoral. he's not a consequentialist. He's an anarchist. I, just, I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is the. This is not the consequentialist difference. experience. Right, right. I, but I'm just hi highlighting the the complete difference in views between. Yeah. No, know, I'm uh, aware of the difference. I'm aware of the difference, right? There, there, there are anarchists, right? And there are anarchists that violate the NAP, and I call them quote-unquote anarchists, right? And then there are anarchists that don't violate the NAP, and I call them anarchists. And there are people that have a reason to do all sorts of harm, mean, nasty things for any number of reasons, right, that they can come up with in their sick, twisted little heads, and I call them status, right? I mean, like, mm -hmm. it, it, everything is pretty black and white to me. And your, your original question is like, would you violate the NAP if your life was on the line? I answered yes. But I would, I would recognize that it's an NAP violation. I would do my best to make right what I have wronged in the future. I would not justify it and say it was the right thing to do to harm another person. That's the difference, right? 
that, that... I, I know, but to me, that's just a semantical difference because in any case, you're still willing to violate the NAP. Like, but I'm know. also willing to make good on it, and I'm not and and humble myself to the person I violated. Okay, but uh, you we've not determined whether or not that's the case with me. I mean, may, maybe it is the case that I'd try to pay the, the guy back, right? But in Would any you? case, you're still in my boat. What are you gonna What are you gonna do with the 500 people under quarantine? That's that's exactly why I came up with that scenario. Because how do you make that right? It's not my it's not my business to quarantine yeah. them in the first place. So I don't have to make but it right. But it's you have to make it right because you quarantine them. That's also well, to a me, separate question. It's right, because I saved you know a million children. So that's that's the okay. Right well, for the kids, then who will build the roads and why do we do it for the kids and for your safety? Well, right. That's, but that's a false equivalence. I mean, it, uh, it's the statist argument. I we're but, doing but, it for the children. That's what statists say. We're doing it for your safety. That's what statists say, right? I love liberty. Right, but, That's what anarchists say, right? right? But, I mean, like, how can you say just because two people are saying something that means what they're both saying is exactly equal? I mean, what if someone says two plus two equals four and someone says two plus two equals five? Is that? I mean, are they equal somehow? No, of course not. One's right, one's wrong. Yeah, binary. <laughs> just like the NAP. <laughs> one's right, one's wrong. Admitting that one is wrong and taking responsibility for being wrong is different than saying my actions were wrong, but I'm right anyway. Right. That's a status mm. mentality. No, yeah. the, don't, don't try to, ju don't try to justify breaking the NAP. You might make a choice to do it, but that doesn't mean you're not violating it. And that doesn't make it no, right. There's no justification for doing it except in your own imagination. And if you do imagine yourself into breaking the NAP, then Hopefully, you try to make up for it. And if you don't, if you just say, well, I was justified, and, and you go on your merry way, then, then you're a statist because that's what statists do. They justify everything they do, and they don't have to pay anybody back because they're murderers, thieves, and liars, and cheats, and you know, so on. But you presuppose that I wouldn't try to make amends or, you know, no. do what do whatever I can to help the 500 people. I never said anything like that. All well, I said that, is that it's right to save a million people. I mean, this is well, the morally righteous, okay, but it's, correct it's, action. It's wrong to cage 500 people. So not not wait, not if it's dependent, not if these two things are interconnected okay. in an inexorable way. So we're running long. I'm only going to ask one more question. Then we're going to wrap it up and have to, like, continue this another time. You say that it's right to save a million people. You are you saying that it's wrong, right or wrong, to cage five hundred to save okay. the million? Again, again, if they are connected inexorably, like if one is absolutely and utterly dependent on the other, I would say no. It is the correct action action to the the right to cage action, five. In fact, to cage five hundred. I would okay. say it would be immoral not to cage. 500. Okay, so stop right there. Then one follow up question. Then. If you say that it's right to cage 500 people when in when that when scenario. in that specific scenario you're saying that it's right to yes. cage 500 people and you're saying that I'm assuming you wouldn't try to make good or to right or wrong after the scenario passes right you're saying that's an assumption yeah what wrong are you making up for later uh for you know caging the 500 people violating their but rights you don't need to make up for it though cuz you said it's the right thing to do well, to me, again, that's not an absolute, right? In this so, scenario, in, in case, this scenario, stick with your scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Saving a million people, right? Caging 500 people, right? Those are your words, mm -hmm. right? right? What wrong me, are you making up me, for later? 
But to me, it's not a binary, right? So uh, what I would say is that saving the people on average was greater than 50, let's say greater than 51% or greater than 50. Doesn't matter. Correct, right? But what are you making up uh, for in the Stick with my question. Don't get off, don't get off track. What are you making? If you're saying you would make up the wrong for the 500 people, what are you making up for if in your mind you've done nothing wrong? Well, this is why I said this is a problem with language. Because when I say right, it's the right thing to do. I mean that it's greater than 50%. So what are you making up for? What are you making up for later? So, so whatever that remainder is. You're, you're making up for the 49% of wrong that you've committed well, no, to 500 it people. It doesn't have to be for. Maybe it's 99.999% and .0. Don't get caught up in the statistics, man. I'm, I'm, no, I'm telling I, you. I'm trying to communicate an idea to you that these are not absolute. I just want I'm answers to, to my questions. That, but I, I I'm trying to tighten this up I mean, so we can wrap the show. Right? If, right, if, if saving a million people is... If saving a million... Well, because you're, you're not answering my question directly. That's what's wrong with, with mm-hmm. what's going on right now. If saving no, no, a million I, people I, I is am. right, no, you're not, because you're 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 getting glossed in statistics, right? No, if, no, no. But listen to my answer. Like, listen very, very carefully to my. Words. I'm li- okay. Listen very when carefully. Listen. That, when, okay. When I say that it is right, I mean that it is greater than fifty percent right. And this is a problem with the ambiguity of language, right? Because when you say right, wrong, these are binaries. But that's only because that's the language that we use. Uh, if I could communicate this in numbers, it would it might be different. If I could quantify the righteousness, for example, but we don't. When we use everyday language, we're saying right, wrong, and that's by by definition that is a binary, right? But what I'm really saying when I say that it's right is that it's greater than it's more right than wrong, right? There like there's some quanta of right in this that is greater than the quanta of wrong. Is that your final answer? I, I think you're destroying language a little bit. Is it well? No, is is that your final answer to my question? Well, what do you mean? I mean, I mean I'm, uh, no. I, I if 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 we're now we're put if we're n- if now we're putting percentages on right and wrong, right? What percentage of wrong? I'm 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 gonna try to use your language to ask the same question yeah. to try to pin you down, right? Yeah, what yeah. percentage? So what percent? I don't know the. Per- I, I what percentage of wrong? I'll what percentage of wrong value. are you making up for? What's that? So my answer is that I don't know, but I'll give it a non-zero value. It's a non-zero value. So uh, you're gonna. So after after the quarantine is passed, and and you violated the life, liberty, and property of 500 people, yes. you're willing to make up for a non-zero value of wrong for those 500 people. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And then in your world, I would call that non-zero value an NAP violation. Yeah, yeah, I would too. I would say it was a violation of the NAP. But overall, you know, if we're taking the average. I would say it was greater than fifty percent justified, and I don't think it matters. Again, that comes down to a problem with a uh, with language. No, it doesn't. You know, because if I just say it, if I just say it's right, that doesn't fully communicate the position that I have. Okay, you know? but neither neither does getting lost like MC lost in the language, right? So in in your world, whatever you're making up for, is the NAP violation, and admitting to yourself that it was an NAP violation would be the first step. And accepting that the NAP is axiomatic. But I've explicitly stated that it was an NAP violation. That's not the part that's being So p- part of this debate started because you, you said that NAP is not an axiom. Mm-hmm. It, the NAP is an axiom. How, and you're violating how you, it. How you work mm-hmm. around that in your life is not. You are not an axiom. The NAP is. 
Okay, I guess we, we have a, a disagreement on what an axiom is. For me, when you say axiom, that means like it should always be followed no matter what. Right? Should In be. every scenario. Should be. In every scenario. Well, no, it's not the case. It, Do- doesn't even, it, it doesn't even have to be a should be. It's just a, a clear delineation of what something is or what something isn't. Right? The NEP is simply do, uh, the non-aggression principle or the non-aggression axiom. Which is right. that it is immoral to aggress, to violate the life, liberty, and property of someone else, period. End of story. But now, what percentage you violate, right, in your mind, doesn't matter. Because whatever percentage in your mind that you violated is, is, is an aggressive act towards an otherwise peaceful person and a violation of the NAP. Okay. And any part but, that I mean, you that... don't, any part that you don't justify, right, is simply not. Okay, that, that, I guess we just have a different understanding of what an axiom is. Because like when, when I say an axiom, like a moral axiom, a moral absolute, I'm saying this is always the correct action no matter what. Like a utilitarian would say it's always the case that you, you should the correct action to take is to maximize happiness. Even if that means killing, nine, uh, killing 49 people to save 51, for example. A, a utilitarian would say that's always the correct, right? So right. that's what, what I thought you meant by axiom. And even, but even to go to your first example of the oasis in the desert, right? I say I'm a follower of the NAP, right? It is always morally wrong to steal from somebody, but I would steal from him to save my life. I would not justify it or consider the theft morally right because I know that's a violation and therefore morally wrong. So knowing something is wrong and doing it anyway is different from trying to justify doing something wrong by saying that it is right so you feel better about yourself in in harming someone's life, liberty, or property. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we, we, we've got no further than we started because it, it really is just a question of semantics at this point. It's saying, you know, uh, it's still wrong, but you're doing it anyways. Well, you know, yeah. if, if you study, like, I don't know, moral philosophy and stuff, like you go to the is-ought problem and things like that, it would say, no, if you're saying that you should do something, what you, you are making a moral claim. Didn't say should. This is the, this is the moral said would. thing to do. I didn't say should. I didn't say given the scenario in the desert, you should steal the, the fruit. You shouldn't steal the fruit. But am I going to steal the fruit? Fucking better believe it. Right? See, again, semantics. Like, yeah, Not semantics. Know, normal, <laughs> well, someone would say that you are saying that you should do this. And I'm, I'm, I'm being <laughs> no. very clear that I shouldn't. I'm being very clear, right? I don't, I don't know how to. That you, I don't know. You're, then you're saying that you would do it. So I mean, it's just like you're, you're just not saying the word. Right? Yeah, but I shouldn't go. I shouldn't go sixty in a fifty-five, but I do it. Mm-hmm. Right? right, I violated yeah, I mean, the law. The law is clear. Fifty-five. Anything below fifty-five is fine. Anything above fifty-five is wrong. Right. Zero to fifty-five. Right. Fifty-five plus. Wrong. Right. If well, that's I mean, your yeah, moral yeah, code, should you go 57? No. Would I? Absolutely. But it's back to semantics because I, I would say not yes, semantics. You, sh- you should you should quarantine the 500. Not, you know, you shouldn't, but I will. You know, to me, that's basically the same thing. You know, I shouldn't quarantine the 500, but I am going to. It's like, no, I mean, I should quarantine the 500. Okay. Right. And the And the difference, right, between me and you is I take responsibility for acting wrong. And you justify it. Wait, wait, hang on a second. Because what do you mean by you take responsibility? I mean, how, I, how do you know that your response would be any different than mine? 
Because in my, in my own mind, I understand and I accept that I am doing something wrong. Well, you, you violated, you violated someone's NAP, right? But I agree with that too. It's just, I've used different language to communicate that same idea. I'm saying I've wronged this number of people, number of people, but it was still, uh, it was greater than 50% because I saved a million, right? So, and the moment overall, you said, but the moment you said, but is where we dis- is where we lose is, is where we differentiate is where we're different. I don't justify it. I just accept well, it for what it is. Well, I, I would say it is a morally justified action in that like everyone should do this 100% of the time. They should and you always would. save the 500. And you would, right? You would totally do that. Because the difference between me and you is I take responsibility and you justify. Right. Yeah, that's what moral, that's what, you know, moral philosophy is though. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us. Uh, AnarchistExperience.com, Facebook.com slash AnarchistExperience. If you want to join in on the discussion and the groups uh, get to the show prep that we didn't get to, uh, we do that on the groups page, Facebook.com slash groups slash AnarchistExperience. And if you want to contribute to the show financially, we do that through Patreon, Patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.